With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These guys have been decomposing for years. The Flowerland Garden Show is playing live on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And good morning, my friends, across the fruited and rooted plain. It's the Flowerland Show on your beautiful Saturday morning. Wow, gorgeous weather today. We all get to enjoy it. Thank you very much for tuning in the Flowerland Show. Rick Weiss here. Doug and Christy will rejoin when we can get back in the studio down the road. And engineer, producer extraordinaire John Ilk back at the studio. He'll take some of your calls, try to line them up, 616-774-2424. He'll send them my way as I broadcast from the Flowerland Fruit Cellar this morning, the Potting Shed, here on News Radio, Wood 1300, 106.9 FM. Good morning to you. All right, so, so very mulch to talk about this morning. Amazing. Don't even know where to start. I hope you have a good cup of coffee. You're ready to go. I'm sitting in the lawn chair, sipping on my coffee. And, you know, one of the things that I, that I do, and I did it again this morning, is when you, when you make that great cup of coffee, and it's perfect because you got just the right amount of cream and sugar in that coffee, and you carefully mix it and prepare it, and you take it along with you, and then you lose it. You set it someplace, and you, you lose it. <laughs> I'm still looking for my coffee here. I set it somewhere. Hopefully, I can find it at some point here this morning and uh, enjoy what I have prepared. But I hope you're enjoying a good cup of coffee this morning. Beautiful day ahead, spring 2020. Thankful for gorgeous weather today. Of course, last weekend, we experienced a, a historic freeze and there was damage to hostas coming out of the ground, to Japanese maples, ginkgo foliage just emerging, even lawns, even lawns saw some freeze damage. We'll talk about that today. Can a lawn see free da freeze damage? Yeah, a lawn can see freeze damage. We'll talk about that. I posted on my personal page this morning on Facebook. And by the way, if you look for me on Facebook again, just a reminder, the last name is Weist, V-U-Y-S-T. It's not Vice. It's not Vise. And I'm not a Beist. It's Weist, V-U-Y-S-T, Rick Weist. You can look for me on Facebook or look for Flowerland Show. 
But I posted a picture of some creepy, gelatinous, orange ornaments, let's call them. They almost look like orange squid that suddenly appeared in some of the evergreen trees. And no, aliens have not landed. This is a fun guy, just like me. In your junipers, I posted those pictures. We'll talk about that today, too. Cedar apple rust. In addition, today we can talk about the fact that there's something in the air right now. There's something in the air, something very, very positive. And that is the wild birds that are visiting our bird feeders lately. Now, I do not think that it is a fig leaf of my imagination that for whatever reason, I theorize cleaner air. Other people will say to me, Rick, you're, no, no. It's just because people are home and noticing. Well, maybe. But the wild birds at the feeder, getting reports from folks, uh, talked to a gentleman a day or two ago about summer tanagers at his feeder. An interesting bird. And by the way, we're going to check in with the bird man, Bill Stovall, because I hear people pronounce it tanger, and other people pronounce it tanager. There is an A in there. What's correct? We'll ask the bird man. And indigo buntings all over the place. Now, I don't recall when we've seen some of these birds in abundance like we're seeing right now at the bird feeder. Is it a fig leaf of my imagination? I don't know. But that's so cool to see. And, uh, and we'll talk about that on the Flowerland show. Uh, white blossoms on the trees that are now coming off. The ubiquitous ornamental pear. And I've noticed with people their description of how those flowers smell, the aroma. Some people like them. Some people are nauseated by the aroma. I heard somebody this past week refer to the aroma of those blossoms, those white blossoms you see everywhere, smelling like bad meat. What? The ubiquitous ornamental pear. We probably should also touch on Lyme disease, ticks. Yeah, I know, we don't want to talk about another problem, but we do have to have ticks on our radar. Now that things are warming up, grassy areas are growing, we get out there, enjoy some fresh air, maybe a walk through the woods. Got to think about ticks. And uh, let's see, what else is on my roster here? Container gardening. Great weekend to start some containers, plant some flowers. And I posted my video of container gardening tips at thankyouverymulch.com. Just click on the blog there at thankyouverymulch.com. This is a YouTube video that I did, giving you pointers, suggestions on how to plant up your containers and your container garden including a, a pointer that I give to folks on how to do it neatly and in an organized 
manner. An interesting pointer in that video. You, know, you ever fill those containers and, and then you're ready to put the plants in and you're drawing the soil away to create a hole to plant in and the soil goes over the side of the pot and it's, it's just a big mess. I'll show you how to do that in that YouTube video and you can find that link right there at thankyouverymulch.com. Just go there, visit the blog and look for container gardening, click on that and you can watch my video this morning on container gardening. Please do that and thank you very much. My word of the day, oh, before I get to the word of the day also, uh, we also have to mention a couple of invasives that are in bloom and having all kinds of fun out there. Garlic mustard and Dame's Rocket. Garlic mustard and Dame's Rocket. Garlic mustard is in bloom right now. Little white blooms on top of the large scalloped green foliage. I went for a run last night and saw it everywhere, all over the place. Garlic mustard, invasive, and Dame's Rocket, you're going to see those pinkish purplish flowers usually in ditches as you're driving down country roads or wherever it may be. Dame's Rocket. Uh, they are also in bloom. So that's something we can touch on. Word of the day. I like this word. Anachronism. Anachronism. Have you ever heard that word? Anachronism. I like that word. Anachronism means something that's old-fashioned, something that's, that's from a different era. And we're finding that over the past few months that People are drawn towards things that are considered outdated. I mean, doing things like churning butter, washboards, candle making, and maybe even seed starting. Very interesting. And there's a great word associated with that. Anachronism. So that's going to be my word of the day, 616-774-2424. I'm sitting here thinking, boy, I could use a haircut. I could use a haircut. My hair has not been this long since the 1970s. I graduated from high school in 1977, and I think I have returned to the 70s as far as my hairstyle is concerned. I'm looking forward to getting a haircut down the road uh, too. I could really use a haircut. Anyhow, it's the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. I'm broadcasting from the fruit cellar, the Flowerland fruit cellar, the potting shed. Our number is 616-774-2424. We'll slip in a few calls at the bottom of the hour. We're going to try and get in touch with the Birdman, Bill Stovall, and ask him about all those beautiful bird sightings at the bird feeder taking place all across the fruited and rooted plain. Quick break, back after this, stay tuned. It's Open Lawn Saturday, and the Flowerland Garden Show is taking your calls now at 616-774-2424. Now more of Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show. Well, 
All right, use your two lips and speak to me. It's the Flowerland Show. Rick Weist here. Engineer, producer extraordinaire, John Ilk, back at the studio lining up your calls. By the way, John, every week posts the Flowerland Show podcast. Listen to worldwide, and you can get that podcast anywhere. You pick up your favorite podcast, share it with friends, or you can go to myflowerland.com. It's posted right there on the homepage. Easy, easy to find the link and share that with friends and neighbors. And thank you very much. 616-774-2424. Let's go to the phone lines and chat with a few people. At the uh, bottom of the hour, we're going to check in with the bird man, find out why we have so many Baltimore Orioles around our bird feeders and other wonderful birds like indigo buntings. First, we'll start off this morning with Dave calling in from Grand Rapids. Dave, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Well, good morning. I have a moth problem, believe it or not, on the north side of the house. Lots of shade, heavy clay. <laughs> and um, my mechanicals are over there, too. So I was just going to cover it all up with wood chips and uh, let it go. But my wife thought I probably should kill the moths first. What do you think? <laughs> well, Dave, uh, in other words, you don't intend to grow anything, try to grow anything there at this point. No, just put some hostas there. They grow any place and, and then just let it go. All right. You have perfect conditions, by the way, for growing moss. So what you could do is just let the moss grow and accept compliments on its robust growth. If you don't want to do that, the clay soil compaction and the north side of the structure, structural shade, is what creates that problem for you with the moss. Now, what you could do is you could cover it with poly to kill it and then put the mulch over top or a landscape fabric. You could consider doing that, and that would make the difference also, and then you can use that as a utility area. If you wanted to kill the moss, of course, there are moss killers you could use, but you'd have to aerate, and the structural shade is going to continue to be a problem. You could consider ground covers, but in this case, you've determined you're going to put equipment there, so I'd recommend landscape fabric or thick poly and then mulch over top or stone and that should take care of that area for you thank you very much mike from granville calling in next mike good morning you are on the Flowerland show good morning rick uh i just had uh, some trees small or were like 35 40 year old uh, fruit trees taken out they stopped ground them and i want and you got an area maybe about four feet in diameter at the most topsoil in and some grass Seed. Sure, you could sure you could receive that right now, Mike. Our soil temperatures have warmed up to the point where seeds going to germinate nicely for you, so you get a good seed mix or blend. In other words, we sell bulk grass seed here at Flowerland, and a sunny mix, for example, is a good blend of Kentucky Blue, Perennial Rye, and Fescues. Each of them brings their strength to the table. And that combination seeded in an area like that, when you're going to reseed, think about root penetration into the soil. So what you do in many cases is supplement the soil with an amendment, some topsoil, some peat, work it in 50-50 with the parent soil and add a starter fertilizer and you'll be off to the races. Okay, my only other concern is I'm coming into the window of putting on my second application of uh 
Scott's uh, four-step program. Would that do any hindrance in the next week or two? Well, uh, the concern there is when that seed germinates, we generally recommend not applying a weed killer until that grass has been cut three times. In other words, it's hardened off. Now, if you were to do that now, that really shouldn't be a problem. It's when that seed germinates and those seedlings, those grass seedlings are very tender. If you apply a weed killer at that time, you can do some damage. Okay, so just let it grow good. Maybe wait an extra week or two at least. How long is it? Well, you just two weeks. Well, generally with Kentucky bluegrass, uh, twenty-one to twenty-eight days. Perennial rise and fescues shorter than that, about fourteen to twenty-one days. But I would go ahead and use your weed killer. Go ahead and seed. I'm saying that when it germinates three weeks from now or so, that's when you're not going to want a weed killer on the lawn because it could damage those young fledgling uh, uh, seedlings. All right? Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for your show. Listen to you all the time. Take care. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate that. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. Let's talk to Darlene calling from Door this morning. Darlene, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Last Mm -hmm. year, I remember hearing you talking about different types of landscape art. And um, I was interested in one particular kind you talked about. I wrote it down, but of course now I can't find it. So um, I was wondering if (laughs) you could maybe just like my uh, like my coffee, darling. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, this was um, a a little bit bigger bark. I think you said it was all natural, and it was um, a type that didn't break down as quickly as some. Well, there's a number of different types of bark mulch that you can use. Now, part of it is contingent on what you're using the mulch for. In other words, are you using it in your landscape or are you using it for a path? It's more a landscape. It's in the front. We want to um, we want to just put pot, potted plants there, and we want okay. to fill it in All with right. the bark. All right. For for my money, a good shredded mulch is what I like to use. Shredded mulch uh, is not going to float away in a gully washer rainstorm like sometimes nuggets will. And shredded mulch does a great job of doing what mulch is intended to do. Control the temperature of the soil, hold some moisture in the soil, hold back weeds, So for my money, just a good shredded mulch is a great way to go. Now, the mulch that you're probably referring to is a cedar mulch. And cedar mulch you can purchase by the bag at Flowerland. We do not have that bulk. But cedar mulch by the the bag uh, is a long-lasting great mulch and uh, maybe a good alternative for you too. But dollar for dollar, the shredded mulch, I, I just do not think you can beat that. Wonderful. That sounds great. All right. Thanks for your call, Darlene. I appreciate it. Have a great day. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, going to check in with the Birdman, Bill Stovall. We're going to talk about 
some of the birds that we're seeing in our backyard landscapes, it's been amazing. Indigo buntings and orioles and maybe some warblers. I don't know, we'll ask them. Summer, is it tanager or tanger? We'll ask the bird man about that too, but getting reports. And that's an interesting bird. That bird, you know what it loves to eat? Bees and wasps, bees and wasps. And we're seeing some sightings across West Michigan also uh, of that bird. 616-774-2424 here on the Flowerland Show. The Birdman Bill Stovall coming up next. Make sure to visit myflowerland.com. Thank you very mulch.com. Look for my video there on the blog, Container Gardening. Great weekend to garden. The news is next. Chuck Latour stands by here on Wood Radio. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Okie dokie, artichoke. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's the Flowerland Show. Your Saturday morning. Beautiful day. Let's enjoy it. Rick Weist here on the Flowerland Show. Broadcasting from the fruit cellar. Sitting in my lawn chair. Sipping on some coffee. Engineer, producer extraordinaire, John Ilk back at the studio and with us on the live line to help us kick off here, our next segment, The Birdman, Bill Stovall. Boy, I tell you what, it has uh, it's been quite a week for birds out in the landscape. And of course, the Birdman, Bill Stovall, he's out there with his birdnaculars looking up in the trees, seeing what's going on, keeping us composted. How are you, Bill? I'm good. Birdnaculars. That's a new vernacular. Holy mackerel. <laughs> so I, I got to ask you right off the bat, is, is this a fig leaf of my imagination that we're seeing more beautiful birds out there? I am getting, you know, I get a lot of messages from people and I'm see, I'm seeing pictures and I've seen them myself of, of orioles everywhere and indigo buntings and rose-breasted grosbeaks. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Is this a fig leaf of my imagination? Prior to this point, was I just not paying attention, Bill? Well, this this particular time of year, uh, we just get that invasion of all of those neotropical birds that have spent the, the winter in, in uh, South America. And they kind of stratify right here in this uh, uh, latitude. and But it's an extremely strong year this year. And uh, oh. we spoke earlier in the week, and I had I had not seen very many hummingbirds. Now they're in. The Orioles have, have, are just lots of them. But you mentioned uh, earlier the Baltimore Oriole. Um, they've kind of changed that name to Northern Oriole. I think okay. some ornithologist went to Baltimore and looked around and couldn't find any Orioles. They said, this is misnamed. 
You know why they call it the Baltimore Oriole? Baltimore. It's a baseball team. uh, The the colors of the uh, uh, Englishman that came there, his family colors were were orange and black. So they were named after Lord Baltimore. That's where the name Baltimore Oriole came from. It wasn't because uh, Baltimore was just covered with Orioles. So somebody missed the boat a little bit. I tell you what, you're so smart, Birdman. I usually just wing it, but you are so smart. Thank you very much. Hey, By the way, uh, so your, your tanagers, uh, scarlet tanager is the one you're more likely to see here. The summer tanager is uh, a little more southern. It's unusual, but we have a, a good number of scholar tanagers, and they will just knock your eyes out. They are so bright and red. So keep your yeah, eyes that's out. The first, that's the first thing that frustrates me, uh, Birdman, and that is, is it Tanger, Tanager, Tanager? I hear everything, but I did get a call from a gentleman uh, in Twin Lake, the Twin Lake area who spotted male summer Tanagers out there. And uh, in my research, Cornell University, fascinated by the fact that these guys are bee and wasp hunters. I had read on Cornell's site, they, they catch bees mid-flight. They smack them against a branch to kill them, pull the stinger out, and then they eat them. That's like, wow, I can't believe that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's kind of a rare sighting, but that's a, that's a really good, uh, good catch uh, on the part of your guy in Twin Lakes. But uh, it, yeah. I've always called it and known over the years as Tanninger. Okay, Tanninger. All right. Tanninger, yeah. Uh, what about... Uh, Kirtland warblers or warblers. I mean, what are my odds of seeing one of those cool birds? If you want to see a Kirkland warbler, you need to go to where they uh, breed, and that's right in the center of the state, around Mayo and Roscommon, and now they're expanding the, the forests across Route 2 and over into Wisconsin. But that's where the uh, hotbed for uh the Kirtland warblers are, and they've managed them beautifully, and they're healthy. And but it's it's a bird that's only in Michigan, and it's only in that territory. So we're not going to see them here. But we've got a okay. lot of warblers that are coming in right now, uh, and they migrate through. But you've got a yellow warbler, a uh, yellow-throated warbler. You've got the uh, uh, the blue. Uh, there's there's just a lot of warblers, and they're in the treetops, and they're around the edges of the uh, the sprouting leaves. So the little tiny birds get get those binoculars out and take a look and see what kind of stripes and and feather colors you see, because they'll knock your eyes out. They're just beautiful, but they're not noisy. They're just hanging around. Okay. Well, they you know the interesting thing for me, and we're chatting with Bill Stovall, the Birdman, here on the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. The summer tanagers, getting back to them, are indigo buntings. Um, you know, they'll, in, in the winter, they head down to Central America while we're freezing up here in Michigan. And then they head north, and we had that polar vortex spring event here during the month of May, the early part of May. Very, very cold temperatures. They must have wondered, what in the world are they doing, uh, are they doing up here in Michigan with the weather that cold? Uh, but, of course, this is the, the big nesting and mating period, right? 
Well, they didn't come up here until it was warmer because they feed on insects, so they wait until there's enough uh, enough food for them. They follow the food chain. They don't necessarily follow the, the temperature chain. So or a calendar. When right. it's safe. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, as it relates to birds, uh, Birdman, I've been following in the national news, too, fascinated by this. Um, I think it was in Boston, they had a peacock that got loose from the zoo. And anyone who's been around peacocks knows that they're really loud and really messy. (laughs) And a lot of people were calling the police and they used an app on their phone uh, that mimicked a peacock mating call to get this peacock to come over to them so that they could deal with it. Pretty interesting stuff, isn't it? You know, about 10 years ago, I had a neighbor uh, quite a ways away that had some peacocks. One got away and walked up my driveway and spent about a week on our deck eating the seeds. And and boy, are they loud. (laughs) And my mother, who is an artist, uh, uh, was living with us, and she painted one that was sitting in a tray on our picnic table where it was eating seed. It just kind of went to sleep right there in the middle of the picnic table they're an amazing home yeah they are brandon florida they're having real problems with peacocks this year they've got flocks of them and uh people residents of brandon florida complaining about them being so loud and uh and so messy but bill i kind of find peacocks uh, meticulous because they show attention to detail I'm a Sorry. fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was an NBC moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> Peacocks are meticulous because they show attention to detail. Well, anyhow, I I love the backyard birds, and I'm just telling you, uh, Bill, that we are getting so many posts in social media from people taking pictures of Orioles, indigo buntings, rose-breasted grosbeaks, uh, just, uh, just amazing to see. And it's exciting. I think, I think there's a renewed interest in backyard birding. Well, there is, and more of us are, are, uh, sequestered at home right now. So we look out our window, but make sure your bird feeder has plenty of sunflower seed or bird seed in it. And our suet is just being devastated by the woodpeckers because they're feeding their young now. So they're back and forth all day long. It's just a it's just a whole lot of activity. Yeah, exactly. Any final words of wisdom before I go to a commercial break? Always good to talk to you, Birdman. Uh, any final parting word of wisdom for me? Well, we talked about the uh, uh, seasonal disease that uh, some birders get right now. With their binoculars, they're studying the treetops looking for warblers, and it's called warbler neck. Did you uh, look that up at all, or you Google that <laughs> to see if there were any cures other than just aspirin? I had some. Uh, I had warbler neck uh, once, Birdman, and a little Tylenol cleared that right up. <laughs> Keep piling on the Tylenol. Nice to talk with you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank okay. you very much, my friend. Be safe. The Birdman, Bill Stovall, here on Wood Radio. We'll take a break here on the Flowerland Show. Line up those calls. I'll get back to the calls. John will line them up back at the studio, 616 774 
It's the Flowerland Show. Rick Vice broadcasting from the fruit cellar or the potting shed here this morning. Situated in my lawn chair, sipping on a good cup of coffee and enjoying the beautiful weather. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you plant it, mow it, or grow it, they know it. Now, more of Rick, Doug, and Christy and the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio. Okay, my friends, you are in for a root awakening. It's the Flowerland Show. Rick Weist here. Make sure to visit myflowerland.com podcast right there on the homepage. John posts that podcast every week, and it's shared worldwide. Thank you very much. Share it with your friends and neighbors. Look for the Flowerland Show where you get your podcast. Also, make sure to visit thankyouverymulch.com. Right there on the blog, I posted a video, a YouTube video that I created with, uh, well, container gardening pointers, container gardening tips. A lot of people over the next few weeks are going to be planting up containers. Container gardening so popular. Love it. And those pointers are right there. Thankyouverymulch.com. Go to it right now and click on the blog and take a look at those planting tips. 616-774-2424, number here on the Flowerland Show. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, next up is Jack from Jenison. That's got a ring to it. Good morning, Jack from Jenison. Good morning. First-time caller, long-time listener. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Jack. I appreciate that. <laughs> I am sitting on on my deck, having a nice cup of coffee, listening to the birds sing, sing with my uh, wife of 37 years. I love that. Isn't it great? Isn't it wonderful? The weather finally turning and we can enjoy the great outdoors. Absolutely. My question today, um, when should I put down my Grubex? Well, Grubex is a Scots product applied to the lawn to control grubs and not all grub controls are created the same and so the application is contingent on the time of year we apply and grubex being uh, the as i mentioned the scots product is one that's applied in april or may to control grubs uh, it takes a little longer for it to work in the soil, and the grubs are going to be uh, the grubs are, are are going to be very active as far as mating is concerned in July. So it's smart to put that grubex in the turf during either the months of April or May. So that's a long answer to basically saying do it now. Fantastic. <laughs> I was just filling airtime there. You know, it's it's this professional method that we use in radio, but try and keep it entertaining, right? 
Sure, absolutely. Well, okay, then yeah. I'm going to ask another question. A separate Uh-oh. insect control. I, I'm i sorry? A separate insect control. Okay. When should I put that down? Well, you're talking about four-year lawn? Yes, yes. Okay. Many people will apply what is called a year-round application in July. And in July, that is when, for example, the Japanese beetles are laying their eggs in the lawn. And you get a whole new batch of grubs. Now, if you were to apply in July, it will take care of those young grubs. They won't be there in fall. They won't overwinter. As far as integrated pest management is concerned, I would only apply an insect control if it's needed. As it relates to grubs, timing is the key. Any other insects, I would not worry about it, like sod webworm, unless it's needed. Otherwise, don't apply. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, it always seems like in the summer, I get these, when I'm cutting the grass, I get these little moth-like flies or yeah. bugs that keep flying up. I don't know what that is, but uh, I'm trying to control that. Would that would be... So yeah, that would be sod webworm. So, again, along the parameters of integrated pest management, IPM, uh, if we know we have a sod webworm problem on an annual basis, then in summer we would apply an insect control to control the sod webworm. They can do a lot of damage to a lawn. And so that's something to watch for. As you mow the lawn, you'll see these moths flying in a zigzag pattern. I believe that the key, Jack, is having a happy, healthy lawn, well-rooted, meaning we raise the deck on the mower, we feed the lawn properly, we make sure it's irrigated properly during dry periods, and then the lawn naturally is able to fight off a lot of these problems. So Later on in the season, be looking for that telltale sign, a sod webworm. If you have that, yes, apply a control. Thank you very much for your call, Jack. Appreciate that. Daniel in Grand Rapids is next. Daniel, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning, Rick. How are you? I am staying grounded, Daniel. How are you? Wonderful. Hey, I've got a question about a robin. Uh, it seems to be a sort of bad bird. It is um, <laughs> eating on my bird feeder. I thought it was supposed to be eating worms. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the, the robins are rambunctious at this time of the year. Their primary diet is earthworms. But here's the interesting thing, Daniel, is that I have found with robins that generally they prefer earthworms for breakfast, probably because the lawn is damp at that time of day. They love fruit off the shrubs and the plants when the fruit emerges or berries, but you will see robins at the bird feeder. They will, for example, go after suet. They like, I think it's dessert to them. So, uh, to see a robin on a bird feeder, it seems kind of odd, but you will see robins on the bird feeder from time to time. Is there any way, there's, there's this one particular robin, he's just kind of making a mess of everything. Um, he just comes every morning for his suet or whatever, and I'd like to discourage him if I can without like actually removing him 
if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's you know that's after a while. You know, as we get through the month of May, you're going to see less and less of that. I'd let him have his fun. One of the ways that you can mitigate that for the future is a have a really great healthy lawn so that he opts for the earthworms, and b adding some shrubs to the landscape that have berries or trees that have berries. They love that fruit. And I think if push came to, sh push came to shovel, a robin would much prefer earthworms or berries in the landscape to what you're putting out in your bird feeder. So let him have his fun. That's okay. Give it a little time. He'll, uh, he'll move on. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for your call, Daniel. 616-774-2424, a number here on the Flowerland Show. Rick Weist here broadcasting from the fruit cellar in the potting shed. Hopefully, Doug and Christy can rejoin me in the studio sometime down the road as we social distance here for the time being. John is calling from Ada this morning. John, good morning. You are on good the Flowerland Show. Thank Good morning you for having me. I have a question. I want to plant some wild perennial wildflowers. Um, I have a uh, an easy hill on the side of my house. It's the area I want to plant is going to be about ten feet by thirty feet. But I have wild grasses growing there and weeds and whatnot. And I also have a, a couple mature trees there, and I'm wondering if I can kill that grass and weeds without harming the tree or what the best route would be to get those uh, uh, flowers planted, the seeds. Yeah, when the, uh, when the weeds and grasses are actively growing, which is now moving forward, uh, you're able to apply an herbicide like glyphosate and uh, apply it to the foliage. You can reseed shortly after using uh, glyphosate uh, to kill the weeds and the grass. Now, fall is probably your best time to do something like that, but obviously we're not at that point right now. But fall would be a great time to do that so that you could do spring planting. Aside from that, you could go through and spray the weeds and the grass with an herbicide following label directions and effectively kill these grasses and weeds, then prepare the soil so that you can plant the wildflowers. Bear in mind that when you prepare the soil or till the soil and amend the soil, you're gonna bring some weed seed to the surface and you're gonna have new weeds popping up, but that's all a part of nature. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No That's all a part of what it is we do. But initially getting those weeds and grasses under control so you could seed those wildflowers is a good idea, Chuck. And, and you can do that now. Yeah, go ahead. 
um, do use glyphosate because I was looking at some other herbicides on the uh, online, and they said some of this stuff will uh, keep killing for a year in, in the soil. Some of it will, and that's why you've got to check the label very closely on the herbicide that you're using. Thanks for your call, John. At the top of the hour, another hour of the Flowerland Show coming your way after the news. Chuck Latour stands by. It's Rick Weiss, the Flowerland Show from the Fruit Cellar Potting Shed. Stick around. More fun in the next hour. guys have been decomposing for years. The Flowerland Garden Show is playing live on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And thank you very much, my friends, across the fruited and rooted plain for tuning in the Flowerland Show. Thanks for being a smarty plants and sharing some time here on a Saturday morning. Rick Weist here on the Flowerland Show, broadcasting from the fruit cellar of the potting shed. During the news break, uh, went up on the roof of the potting shed and Adjusted the antenna. We are broadcasting the Flowerland Show tied together with baling twine and wire and duct tape, but we're doing it. Hopefully in the near future, we can rejoin from the studio high above downtown Grand Rapids at Wood Radio. Back at the studio, engineer, producer extraordinaire, John Ilk at the controls. Thank you very much, John. Our number, 616 774 2424 on the Flowerland Show. Make sure to visit myflowerland.com. As a matter of fact, that's a great place to uh, find the Flowerland Show podcast. But of course, you can find Flowerland Show anywhere you pick up and enjoy your podcast. Listen during the week and thank you very much. Also, thank you very much.com. Go to the blog. I posted a YouTube video, how to plant up your containers, some pointers on planting up your containers this weekend or next week as we head towards the Memorial Day weekend. Take a look at it. Thank you very much.com. Click on the blog and watch that video. Freeze damage around West Michigan from last weekend. We see freeze damage on hostas, Japanese maples, ginkgos, even lawns. The good news is plants in general will recover as the weather warms rapidly recover. For example, hostas that were damaged, you'll see them produce new foliage as we head into the summer. Japanese maple, we've seen that before, and they will produce new foliage. It may be a little undersized from what you're familiar with, but they will recover from the frost. You can take a look at the creepy gelatinous orange ornaments on evergreens appearing this past week on my Facebook page or Flowerland Show. If you look for my Facebook page, again, people will message me and say, I can't find you. That's because they're looking for vice, V-I-C-E, or vice, V-I-S-E, or biced. No, it's feist, V-U-Y-S-T. 
Uh, also, Lyme disease and ticks, something to think about here as the weather warms up. We get out and about, enjoy the great outdoors. In the 1970s, there was this epidemic, mysterious arthritis-like symptoms that, that started spreading among people uh, around the area of Lyme, Connecticut. That's why it's called Lyme disease, L-Y-M-E, Lyme, Connecticut. And, of course, uh, caused by a tick. Uh, we got to be careful out there and make sure that we're dressed properly if we're going to go out into wooded areas, grassy areas. Probably not a good idea for flip-flops and shorts. Uh, and let's watch the kiddos out there also and remember that tick season is upon us. My word of the day, anachronism, anachronism. As during the COVID-19 pandemic, we we uh, have become interested in some things that were considered old-fashioned, like candle making or butter churning or bird watching at the backyard bird feeder or seed starting. Anachronism. My word of the day. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. Let's uh, let's see. I believe I have Kathy on the line from Grand Rapids this morning. Kathy, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning, Rick. It's so nice to see meet you on a nice day. I'm going to be working outside today. I have a question probably nobody has ever asked you before. I have an area that I would like to put some artificial bushes. I don't want. I want no maintenance on them. Does the Flowerland store sell them? Well, we do sell some artificial or silk bushes or trees. They tend okay. to be pricey, Kathy, and I personally would try to steer you towards uh, a live tree or bush, if at all possible, because there are many, especially natives, that are so easy to grow and require very little care. You know, I I I mentioned to you that I would consider, for example, a viburnum. You might be okay. very happy with something like that, uh, a viburnum, or some of our landscape lilacs, not the old French vulgaris lilacs that get you know very large, but these landscape type uh, lilacs, or a flowering shrub called itea, which is a favorite of mine, and they're so hardy. They do so well. I'd encourage you to consider something like that. Okay, I will um, consider that very much. Thank you very much, sir. Have a great day. Thank you, Kathy. You too. Thank you very much. Six one six seven seven four twenty four twenty four. Nathan is calling us from Portland this morning. Nathan, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a question about watering and and yards. I have. On the north side of my yard, it's the lowest portion of my yard, and it's uh, pretty densely um, wooded. Uh, but there was a nice carpet of grass there when I first bought the house a couple of years ago. And um, really last year, I, I lost a, a, a great majority of that grass, and there's now moss growing on it. I do have a sprinkler system that runs every other day for 45 minutes, and I suspect that maybe it, I drowned it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And Nathan, you're saying that it's a low area, it's a depression? 
Yeah, it's the lowest area of the yard. Yeah, it's it definitely tends to stay moist longer than the rest of it. Okay, bear in mind, Nathan, that last year we had record rainfall, uh, a lot of moisture last year, and roots for plants or even a lawn need oxygen as much as they need moisture. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason we aerate lawns. And so I would suspect that maybe you do have a drainage problem. If those roots sit in water, it will kill that lawn area. Now, one thing you might want to do, you you mentioned it's shady, right? Yes, it's shady. Okay. You could consider planting a ground cover in there. If you wanted to use turf, you could use a turf mix. We have uh, Jonathan Green makes some fabulous turf uh, seed for shady areas, a dense shade mix. Um, Shady Nooks is another one that Jonathan Green has and does quite well in shady areas, is very, very tough. I would make sure that that soil is aerated, uh, especially if it's clay in texture, because if that grass sits in water for a prolonged period, it will die. Okay. Yeah. I forgot about how heavy it rained last year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we had record rainfall, and I live, uh, I live along the, the lakeshore, the Lake Michigan lakeshore, and let me tell you, Nathan, my word, it's amazing to watch Lake Michigan over the past year and the rise in water levels. A lot of rain last year. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for tuning in the Flowerland Show, 616-774-2424. Rick Weist here broadcasting from the Flowerland Fruit Cellar Potting Shed. And I understand I have Rita from Wyoming on the line. Rita, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Hi, how you doing? Rita, I'm staying grounded. What's going on? Uh, I'm, I am trying to get out in my garden today and I've got my I started seedlings this spring and I'm I have no clue what to do with them next I I don't know why I didn't think this through further (laughs) I have the (laughs) the little well I got a I got a grow a growing um thing that I where you can put all your seeds on these shelves and so hey that sounded like a great idea so I did it and uh they're they're in those black containers with the little circles, and then there's some in the black containers that have like lines. So I've got some I've got some spinach and some cilantro and some lettuce, and I'm Wonderful. pretty sure it's time to move them move them out of that. But I don't know what I should move well, them into. I think the key should be here, Rita. And let me mention just real briefly because I'm up against the clock. But let me mention to you the key here is going to be something called hardening off and you can google that but what we do with the seedlings is that you have lovingly cared for these seedlings they have not been exposed to direct sunlight or wind or variable temperatures but you've grown them indoors and they have been pampered if you're going to move them outside if you were to directly plant them out into the garden odds are they're going to die because it's a tough world out there And so you need to go through a process where now you harden these off before you plant them, meaning you're going to take them outside for short periods of time 
in a shaded okay. area, maybe protected from the wind, and begin that process of hardening them off while you prepare the soil in the area where they're eventually going to be planted. You will be okay. far more successful doing that. So I would not put them in the ground today. I'd make sure first that we harden them off over the next week or so. Okay. Now, they seem like they need to be in something more than what they're in now. So can I put them in a, in like a another another pot and move Absolutely. the pot outside? Okay. Absolutely. So I, As a I'm matter of gonna... fact, Rita, Rita, some people will transplant them into what we call peat pots. They're little peat pots that actually okay. can be planted right in the ground at the time you plant because they'll decompose. Oh, okay. And by the, by the way, you live in Wyoming. We happen to have those at Flowerland. Can you believe it? Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Rita, good luck with those veggies. I got to run. All nice right. talking to you. Thank you. Stick, okay. Thank bye -bye. you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 616-774-2424. Quick break on the Flowerland show. If you're on hold, hang on. I'll get to you here shortly and give you that good swift kick in the plants that you're looking for here on a sunny, beautiful Saturday morning, the Flowerland Show. Rick Weiss from the fruit cellar, the Flowerland Fruit Cellar Potting Shed. Going to go up on the roof and adjust that antenna a little more and be right back. Stay tuned. If you plant it, mow it, or grow it, they know it. Now, more of Rick, Doug, and Christy and the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio. All right, you, my friends, have to maintain your sense of humus here these days. We're doing the same. Broadcasting from the fruit cellar, the potting shed, John Ilk back at the studio, and please be patient with him. He's doing double duty, no call screener because of social distancing, and so he's juggling a lot back there. Thank you very much, and helping us keep the Flowerland show aloft here in spring 2020. All right. I'm going to go right back to busy phone lines here this morning, and let's talk to Rick in East Grand Rapids next. Rick, thank you very much for tuning in the Flowerland Show. Yes, good morning. I'm uh, going to be a fun guy this morning with you. I like it. <laughs> I like that. I have the orange goo uh, balls on my cedar spruce. Um, the, I believe it's called a rust ball or apple rust, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's called cedar that, apple rust. Cedar apple rust, yes. Uh, anything other than pruning it back, um, tell me a little bit about what I can do, because I do have my vegetable garden pretty close to it, and I understand the strawberries might be affected as part of its life yeah, cycle. The yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There are alternate hosts for cedar apple rust. It's it's a fun guy like you and me, Rick. It's uh, it's called cedar apple rust for people who are keeping score at home and want to Google it. Or you can go to my personal Facebook page, look for Rick Weist. I posted a picture there this morning or Flowerland Show. It it's a strange looking, bright orange, gelatinous, creepy, slimy, looks like squid. 
Looks like aliens landed last night and decorated your evergreens. It's pretty amazing to see, isn't it? Exactly. Perfect yeah, description of it. Yeah, they're gelatinous fruiting structures is what they are, jello fingers. Uh, first of all, the good news is uh, even though they put on quite a show in mid-May, they generally do not do damage to cedars, uh, junipers. Uh, they just are quite spectacular. I don't think yeah. you have to do much uh, anything. Certainly don't risk life or limb climbing up in the tree to try and get rid of them. Uh, okay. But they can, here's what they can do. They can prematurely defoliate non-resistant apples or crab apples or hawthorns where the spores mm -hmm. land later in its life cycle this summer. And so what will happen with those, those plants or those trees is that the leaves are going to show this, this spot that is typically kind of bright orange to yellow with an, a, mm -hmm. a lighter outer ring. And, uh, and then you'll have premature defoliation on those plants. So is it going to kill anything? No. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the, the guy at the party who, you know, can't stop talking and, uh, you know, kind of sucks all the air out of the room. Everyone pays attention to him, but, but really not dangerous. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and for, uh, again, uh, Rick, for you and for folks, uh, keeping score at home, just, just Google that there are spectacular pictures and information online, including from Michigan state university on cedar apple rust that's what it's called okay great i just wanted to make sure that by pruning it i wasn't necessarily spreading it no no you're fine you know the point is if you want to do a little bit of pruning go ahead if you want to let it go you can do that too just remember that there are alternate hosts down the road all right yes, yes. okay well thank you very much all right. Thank you very much for your call. Appreciate it. You, my friend, are an entrepreneur. Uh, let's see. Mary from Cedar Springs is up next. Mary, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Yes. Good morning. And thank you to you and uh, John that's uh, keeping your program going. Um, I have thank a question. You. My neighbor guy um, planted four new hydrangeas. And, of course, then we got two hard and it mm -hmm. they're looking pretty sad pretty sad uh now uh there is a little bit of green at the bottom and a couple of the branches look like they have a little green should he trim all that dead stuff off i would not trim them i would let nature take its course most likely they're macrophylla hydrangeas large leafy hydrangeas that had tender foliage on them and were zapped by a freeze in the mid-20s last weekend. The plants yeah. will recover, Mary, just like many other plants that were damaged. It did not kill the plant, but what it did was set it back. I would let nature take its course and let the plant refoliate recover and then at that point go ahead and do some pruning to clean it up uh but you may have lost some of the blossoms for this year but let's give it oh, a few weeks to recover and then go ahead and do some cleanup 
I don't know if it'll do anything this year. Most of it looks brown and dead, but there is a little think, green at the bottom still. Yep, and I think you're going to see it recover, Mary, with warmer temperatures, sunshine, and some rainfall. Good luck to you. We're at the bottom of the hour. Chuck Latour stands by. The news next here. News Radio, Wood 1300, 106.9 FM. It's Open Lawn Saturday, and the Flowerland Garden Show is taking your calls now at 616. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 6 Now more of Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show. Now I've got to know what is and isn't mine. If all right, maintain your composture out there, my friends, across the fruited and rooted plain. Rick Weist here, broadcasting from the Flowerland Potting Shed. The fruit cellar, I've got an extension cord run out here, so I can brew a little bit of coffee. Keep the Flowerland show on the air here on News Radio with 1300, 106.9 FM. John back at the studio, keeping us aloft as we broadcast across the fruited and rooted plain. A couple quick things before I go back to the phone calls. I want to remind you, look for the Flowerland Show podcast wherever you get your podcast. Look for Flowerland Show. Share it with friends and neighbors. You can find it at myflowerland.com also, right there on the homepage, the link. In addition, thank you very mulch.com. Click on the blog and watch my video, Container Gardening. I give you some container gardening tips. You can watch that. Go there. Thank you very mulch.com. Click on the blog, YouTube video. Watch that, please. And thank you very much. This from Kevin Frank at Michigan State University. Lawns can also experience freeze. The temperatures dipping into the 20s last weekend. We saw frost damage on lawns. It kind of mimics a, a foliar burn from a fertilizer or a pesticide application, but again, maintain your composture. It, uh, it's not a problem. Lawn's going to recover just fine, especially looking out the window here of the potting shed. I can see that it's a gorgeous day out there, and the temperatures are finally warming up. We've had plenty of moisture, and so things are going to grow. And your lawn certainly will recover from it. One other quick thing I wanted to mention, those white smelly blossoms on trees. I get messages from people this time of the year about that. Some people love them. Of course, they're ornamental pears and uh, what a it just widely planted tree. It's ubiquitous and it becomes evident. At this time of the year, when you drive around, you see all those white blooming trees everywhere suddenly the first week of May. Some people do not care for the smell of those flowers. As a matter of fact, I've heard all sorts of descriptions about the aroma of those white flowers, including uh, bad fish. A lot of people think that it's an ammonia-smelling bad fish smell. 
to those flowers. <laughs> I guess it all depends on, on who you are, but I would remind you this morning that nature is an amazing thing. Nature is a wonderful thing. And that in nature, flowers are not always sweet-smelling. Flowers don't always smell wonderful. And the reason for that, of course, is flowers are attracting pollinators. And sometimes a stinky smell is just what the doctor ordered to get insects to pay a visit and do what it is they do, <laughs> the whole pollination procedure. So again, step back, enjoy nature for what it is. It's a beautiful thing. Back to busy phone lines we go, and next up is Melissa calling from Zealand. Melissa, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Um, well, as you were talking about frost, um, I have a Japanese blood-good maple in the front of my house, and, I mean, it's, it's a good size. It's taller than I am. And at the end, um, the branches are somewhat wilted, and the leaves are dead, and I'm wondering if the frost, if this is from the frost, and if so, what do I do about it? Do I turn it back? That's a great question, Melissa, and I appreciate you calling about that because there are a number of people who had damage to their Japanese maples last weekend. What had happened with Japanese maples is that the foliage had just emerged, was very tender, was not what we call hardened off, and then these mornings came along of temperatures in the 20s and it froze that foliage, especially on the perimeter of the plant and along the tips. Now the, the good news here, Melissa, is you do not have to worry about this. The tree is going to recover from it. It did not kill the tree. What you will see is you'll see some of that foliage shrivel up, die, and fall off the Japanese maple. We have found from past years, frost events, that the tree will refoliate and recover that foliage. So really all you have to do is if we get a period of hot weather and it's dry, make sure that that tree is watered well at the base, a good soaking, and possibly feed the tree. But other than that, really nothing you have to do. You will see that tree recover. Maybe the foliage will be a little undersized from what it normally would be where the damage occurred, but uh, not a problem. The, the tree will recover. Okay, so like the, the branches at the end that are kind of limp, those will just fall off then? Odds are that that foliage is damaged from the frost, and so they will turn brown and drop off. Okay, and new great. foliage will emerge. But I would not go out there and do pruning at this point or any type of pruning. Would it hurt to prune? No, it's not going to hurt the tree, but I wouldn't bother. I would let that foliage okay. fall off and, again, step back and watch nature. It's an amazing thing. Okay, I will let nature take its course. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's resilient. It's resilient. Love it. Love watching it. But yeah, a lot of people with that damage. The hosta bullets, we call them bullets as they come out of the ground. They were just unfurling and tender. And then mid-20 temperatures came along last weekend, and it froze that foliage. And what we have found from past events when that has occurred is that foliage turns a translucent white color, 
and then turns to mush. But the hostas refoliate, they push new growth out of the ground during the months of June and July and recover. So maintain your composture. You should be good to go. Mickey is calling from Hudsonville. Mickey, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. My question about my my amaryllis is um, my husband passed away about six weeks ago, and he was the one that always took care of those bulbs. So I got them out, watered them. They sprouted green leaves and nothing more, no blossoms. Um, Do bulbs eventually just get old and you have to throw them away? Should I plant them in the soil for the summer? That's a great uh, question, Mickey. And first of all, I'm sorry for your loss. And uh, as as it relates to the amaryllis, uh, they are a wonderful bulb that needs to rejuvenate in order to bloom. So here's what you would do. You would take potted amaryllis right now, which have strap-like foliage, no flowers, but just strap-like foliage. And we will take those outside, sometimes sinking them pot and all in the ground where we have a shaded area. I would okay. suspect that most likely what happened is your husband would bring those out in summer once the danger of frost is passed. And what the foliage does is it absorbs light to rejuvenate the energy within that bulb to bloom again next Christmas or next okay. winter. And so we treat it as a houseplant when you water your annuals, maybe a little bit of miracle Grow water-soluble fertilizer with water. We're going to water them, keep them nice and healthy, let that foliage grow. And then come fall before frost, we're going to clip off that foliage, repot them into fresh potting soil, and that bulb will be rejuvenated to the point where it's going to be able to bloom for you next winter and begin the whole growth cycle over again. Okay, when I bring them in in the fall, do I just leave them kind of dormant for a while, or do you start? Exactly, exactly, and that's probably what your husband did, is he gave them a resting period. Usually we give them a resting period of like about six weeks or so, clean them up, prune them up, put them into fresh potting soil, then we bring them in, and uh, you'll be amazed. That, That little flower actually begins to form deep inside of that bulb, and that's the promise of bloom for next year. So what we do right now will help that plant develop that future flower blossom. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. All right. So Very plant good. them outside, um, clip off the, the things that are on there now. Is that what you said? Or leave those? Right. No, you would leave the leave the foliage on and treat them like a houseplant. Okay. Now you do okay. not you okay. do not you do not have to plant them outside. Odds are he probably put them in a deck area where you have yeah. filtered shade. You don't want them out in the direct sun where they're going to uh, they're going to bleach. Uh, the direct sun will do damage. But filtered shade on a deck area and just treat them like a houseplant. Water them, okay. give them a little bit of fertilizer, and then give me a call in the fall, and I'll talk you through it, all right? Okay, all right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good day. All right. You too. Best to you, Mickey. Thank you very much. We'll take a quick break on the Flowerland Show. Pack in a few more calls before the top of the hour. Rick Weiss here, the Flowerland Show, on your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. 
Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, don't operate by the seed of your plants. That's why I'm here for you, the Flowerland Show. One final segment here from the Potting Shed Fruit Cellar, the Flowerland Fruit Cellar. Here on your Saturday morning. Hey, by the way, as we learn together, uh, when you get a chance, a few things to do. Uh, one is go to myflowerland.com, look for the podcast. Go to thankyouverymulch.com, look for my container gardening video. i take you through it and give you some pointers on planting up those containers. Number three, you might want to Google these two plants so you familiarize yourself with them. I was out on a run last night and saw garlic mustard everywhere. It's an invasive plant. White blooms right now, telltale white blooms, which will produce copious amounts of seed. Garlic mustard, familiarize yourself with that plant, and also Dame's Rocket. Dame's Rocket, we're seeing that in bloom also now out in the landscape. Back to uh, busy phone lines we go, and Marie is calling me from Grand Rapids. Marie, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Well, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. I have you a bet. plant, I don't know the name of it, but I think... You know, the nickname is uh, Peace Plant. It used to have uh, blossoms that looked like lilies. Sure. And uh, the leaves now are turning brown. They start at the tip and work their way up to the stem. And then there's a light rust-colored on the carpet, and I don't know if it's emitting that or what, but it's... okay. A round circle next to the planter. Okay. So let me mention this, Marie, that uh, your call is great for uh, folks across the fruited and rooted plain. The plant that you're referring to, we commonly refer to as peace lily. Uh, the botanical name is Spathophyllum. If you are keeping score at home, you want to Google that. As a matter of fact, I unloaded a number of tropical plants up from Florida this past week for flowerland stores. And Spathophyllums or peace lilies were in the mix. A great houseplant. But at this time of the year, our houseplants, like your Spathophyllum, is sick of winter. It's been a long winter indoors. And if this plant has not been repotted in some time, it may be time to repot it into some fresh potting soil. And what a perfect time of the year to do it. Because you can take these houseplants, like a Spathophyllum, outside. You make all the mess you want. They're going into their growth cycle now because the days are longer. We're getting more sunshine. Many times you will see the browning of the tips caused by, number one, water where the plant dries out and then it's too wet, dries out, too wet. It's a reaction from the roots to that plant and causes that browning on the foliage. Any type of residue created sometimes is honeydew which is caused by secretion of insects, whether they're mites or aphids or mealybug that are attacking that plant and secreting something we call honeydew. 
So I think it is the perfect time for people to take plants outside now that it's warm enough. Danger of frost is plant uh, passed. Give them a good bath, a good shower, clean them up. Maybe use some uh, systemic granules in the soil when you repot it into some nice, fresh potting soil and give this plant some uh, some new life. I don't think your peace lily is dying, Marie. I just think that it needs to be repotted and is looking forward to beautiful weather and summertime just like the rest of us. <laughs> okay. Is okay. That, uh, residue wash off? Can I wash yes. the carpet and will it clean it? Yeah, you'll have to clean that up, but odds are that's what the problem is. We call it honeydew, but you can clean that up and let's uh, let's take that spathophyllum outside, give it a good swift kick in the plants. Or if you, you know, if you own a Schefflera or a ficus that's been indoors all winter long, they want to get out just like we do, okay? Thanks for your call. Appreciate that. Let's talk to Paul in Muskegon next. Paul, good morning. You are on the Flowerland show. Thank you. I have uh, begonias uh, every year that I like to put. I, I, I get the begonias, and I want to put them in my north side uh, window boxes, and they turn out great. But in the meantime, if I leave them uh, sit out in the sun, they seem to get really white, the leaves. and uh, Yes. Yes. And, and like Paul, let me quick. Paul, let me quickly ask, are these fibrous begonias or are these the tubers, the tuberous begonias? The tuberous begonias. Wonderful. Wonderful. And the north side of your structure is the perfect spot for these begonias because they love warm weather. They cannot tolerate frost, but if they are moved outside and put in direct sunlight, they will do exactly that. The foliage will bleach and uh, uh, will suffer because of it. These begonias like shady conditions, and if you're going to move them outside, maybe to harden them off before you put them into a window box, make yeah. sure that they are in a shaded area, not out in direct sunlight, because it definitely will damage that foliage. Mm. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, it's, 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 you bet. It's similar to how we're going to harden off the plants that we've grown from seed over the last few months, the vegetable plants and bringing them outside. That process of hardening off, folks, is so important. Think about it, okay? Think about it. And this is something that we see as we get into the month of June. You have all us folks who have been indoors for months dealing with a Michigan winter. And then this year with the stay-at-home order, so everybody's inside. And then we get a gorgeous weekend day and everybody heads to the beach and you're out there in the sun. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> well, same thing happens to plants. So we're not going to use suntan lotion, some copper tone, but we are going to afford them protection from wind and sun as they also go through the process of hardening off. And I think there's going to be a lot of people also hardening off before they can get out on the beach and, uh, and enjoy the sunshine. Uh, Robert is calling from Muskegon. Robert, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Morning. I would like good morning. to know, I just put a new fence up, and I would like to know how to keep the ivy from growing up it. 
Well, uh, it, have you tried uh, mechanically, manually pulling that ivy out of the ground? Yeah, there's there's too much of it. Okay. One thing to do would be to mark your calendar for this fall. That's the ideal time to go after it. If you were to use brush killer, because ivy can tend to be woody, you would use a brush killer. You can use it now, spraying it on actively growing foliage to knock it back. But if you want to get it roots and all, label your uh, mark your calendar for this fall. When the ivy is sending its food reserves into the root system, that's going to be a great time of the year for control. So you can knock it back now, but if you want full control, let's get at it next fall. For those folks on hold, I'm sorry. We tried to pack in as many calls as we could, and we'll be here live again on Memorial Day weekend to take your calls. Thank you very much to John Ilk back at the studio for your work and keeping the Flowerland Show aloft. Thank you very much to all of you for tuning in the Flowerland Show. Visit myflowerland.com and thankyouverymulch.com. Check out my container video there to help you do that container planning this weekend. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. Talk to you next week here on the Flowerland Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.